Francois Dillinger, you're listening to Base Agenda. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Base Agenda, episode 219. This month, very pleased to welcome Detroit producer Francois Dillinger, an alias of Ben Warden, very much going into the darkness with this one. Ben produces some amazing stuff. And I'll be chatting to Ben throughout the show, finding out a bit more about him, checking his influences and hearing about his future plans as well. Lots of great stuff coming up. A little dip into the promo box in part two as well. New stuff from Carl Finlow, Vima Diodes. Nice stuff from Benny Rodriguez in there as well. Enjoy the ride. Going to stimulate every part of your brain in this one.
from a movie um, called Youth and Revolt. Uh, Michael Sarah, his character, creates this sort of fictitious alter ego in his head um, that helps him kind of get out of his shell and be a bit more daring and mischievous. And uh, yeah, my friends kind of forced this sort of name and idea upon me because they the I'm a pretty sort of relaxed, chill, and normal-ish person uh, on the exterior to to the outward-facing world, but my my music and how I am around my friends and family is a bit weirder and maybe unhinged in comparison, and so we thought that was kind of like a a funny sort of way to talk about my alter ego. So, Francois Dillinger. keywords for, for me uh, at least that either people tell me or that I say when I talk about my music is that it's typically dark mm. um, I lean into like a lot of sort of like hypnotic looping sort of elements uh, that mm. my tracks tend to be pretty minimal um, not necessarily that they don't have like dense and big sound design but I don't use a lot of elements in my tracks for the most part um, and on the sort of whole spectrum of electro, I'm on the slower side of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, my tracks for the most part are like 120 to 125 with a few exceptions here and there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like snaky, sludgy, mm. mechanical sounding stuff, I guess would be some of the like mm. words I would use. Um, and that, yeah. I mean, when we get into the tracks later, I think some of that is from my industrial influence um you know some of the sort of darker styles of like drum and bass and jungle that i really kind of came into when i was really starting to enjoy electronic music
jumping into the DJing for me kind of was was a big phase uh, kind of leading into me starting to produce um just i think i got to a point with djing where i was wanting to fill the gaps between songs with other things that i had in my head that i didn't have in my dj toolkit and i said you know i could i could make something and it started with like little weird edits of existing tracks I was, it was definitely before I was using like Ableton or anything else. I don't even remember what I was using, but I was kind of chopping up tracks and making like custom edits just so that I could DJ them okay. in a particular way. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, from there, I just decided, hey, let's let's kind of take the next step. It seemed like the natural evolution for, mm. for artists if they wanted to like play or get booked or get exposure was, mm. you know, everyone's a DJ. So I was really into dancing kind of in the early sort of years of DJing as well. I, was, I had like a little dance crew. I was into going around to parties to like do do popping and all that stuff. Cool. And that combined with the breaks and the DJing, I, I kind of also wanted to just kind of have another way for me to create something that could like I could either dance to or other people could dance to. There was like that kind of like undercurrent of me wanting to, to keep my, my dance origins mm. intact okay. and and see see kind of how that how that worked into me producing funnier thing was I, I i bought ableton i think it was version four or five and i didn't actually make anything on it for almost like four years i kept updating the software and i don't think i opened it until version like seven it was really right. embarrassing i kept kept shelling out money to ableton and i was so scared to start because i just thought i was gonna suck and i didn't know what i was doing that i just yeah i never really went beyond the edits yeah i'm sure ableton didn't mind that no they did not <laughs> <laughs> And the, the big turning point for me was, it, you know, love it or hate it, I, I decided the only way I was going to get started is if I took a class. So mm. I, um, I enrolled in uh, like a relatively short course. I think it was like six weeks at Berkeley College of Music mm. um, online course. And it got me started. I remember like the, the six week course, like the, at the end of the course, everyone was like, you were going to finish a track. And that was the first track I ever finished was, was as a result of this course.
So Lost Loops came out on a local label that I'm kind of co-founder of. Uh, that my, my wife actually does all the artwork for all the sleeves. And um, it's a couple, couple oh, of okay. friends from Detroit. Um, they, they picked this track up. That's the that's in, info, li- info lines. Yeah. Yep. 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 Cool. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And then I got licensed to Planet E K7 after that, which was kind of a nice pickup for me. Um, yeah, nice. But, um, but the, the track is a funny one. It actually was a 4 4 banging techno track that just was sitting in a folder for a really long time. Mm. Nothing was working. And I had a couple other parts from. A big old section of tracks that I had written, like a basically just I called it Lost Loops for a reason because I had all these loops from tracks that I'd never finished and yeah, didn't yeah. didn't didn't like, and I threw them all in a project, and mm. I said, let me see if I can turn this into something. Mm. <laughs> Somehow, like out the other side came this this sort of Frankenstein uh, song that had all these elements from different tracks and. It became this big electro tune and it's kind of one of my more popular tracks. This is Imogi and you're listening to Base Agenda.
described there is, is, I'm guessing, is not your normal process. So do you have a kind of set way of approaching stuff or is it kind of experiment leads into bigger things, you know? Most of the time in a perfect world, I um, I use, I usually go and try and uh, generate a, a bunch of ideas in a very like sort of condensed period of time, maybe say like a month. I'm just going to generate a bunch of song starters, like maybe 20 or 40 ideas. And start them all, basically write as many parts as I can. Once I kind of get bored of an idea, I start a new one and I just do that. And then at the end of that time, I go back through them and say, okay, mm. I like 10 of these. And then I basically take those to the next phase, which is, you know, kind okay. of starting to record and track all the pieces. I, I will add, so I'm not tracking anything that first month. Like I'm not basically recording anything into Ableton. I'm just, then things yeah. kind of, you know, come together from there kind of. And I do that in batches. Mm. I'll do that, you know, for a month or two and then not do anything for a little while and take a break. Um, okay. if, I, if I really feel like I got to finish something because I'll lose the sort of inspiration behind it, if I don't finish it, um, I'll do that. And I, I also really work well with deadlines. So sometimes I have to be like, I need to get this done by this date so that I can okay. have whatever i mean it's all i'll make it up in my head to force myself to kind of like be accountable but um but the creative part i try not to force not clear by some of the bass lines I write. I listen to a lot of Versal Life. Uh, oh, I thought like the bass line in that track was very Versal Life inspired. I get it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dark, long notes, kind of, you know, filter yeah. modulated stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that one was predominantly me and, and Noah, uh, who's Siphon, going back and forth on that one. Um, and we, we finished it pretty pretty quickly it was actually the last track i think i finished in my detroit studio before we moved before the pandemic okay. um and i was kind of in a rush to finish it uh before i packed up the studio because i knew it was going to take me forever to like 
reset it back up in the new spot. So we kind of worked hard to finish finish this one pretty quickly. And it, um, I forget what it was. It was actually a longer part in the song that I, I looped into like a half bar loop that kind of like is the momentum of the track. Um, it, as soon as I'd found that little piece and like heard it loop, I knew I had I knew I had it. Sometimes there's that one element in a track where I'm like, when I hear it, I'm like, this is gonna finish the track. And that was that was the piece. I wrote that one last for the album, the Specimen album, Mindframe Cycles. Um, I knew I needed like kind of an ending track because I I, okay. I wrote that whole album with this sort of made-up movie in my head that had this whole concept to it of this this escape from mm. from AI kind of taking over 
our consciousness mm. and in my and the movie in my head there was this you know ability to escape the ai and and mm. find your own consciousness again and i just was seeing i don't remember what the scenes were in my head but i was seeing the, the sort of movie come to a close and i wrote this track to it and it kind of just felt like it had this end of a big epic thing vibe to it i mm. think about music in terms of like a universe or a setting or this this place that i exist with the music as i write it a lot of the times and sometimes that's like a sci-fi thing and sometimes that's a uh, a particular vibe that i have in my memory banks from an event per se like there's um there's a party series here in detroit that that anybody who's who's been here for for the, the festival in particular will know it's called no way back uh, it's put on by interdimensional transmissions without fail every year i'm sitting in the studio some months or days removed from no way back trying to write music that i would have liked to hear there because that's like the perfect vibe the perfect setting the perfect everything for a music enjoyment experience that i've been part of in my lifetime so sometimes i'm just trying to create a a vibe that i can relive in my own music
This is base agenda. It's okay. You are now deep underground. You are safe here. 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 I don't have a ton of tracks like that. That one is of of the songs I've made that are more sort of cinematic in style. That one to me um, stands out personally. Uh, you know why, why I picked it. It's um, I want to make more music like that. I'm drawn to to soundtracks. I I listen to a lot of Hans Zimmer. Um, <laughs> and uh, okay, uh, last time we were living in Detroit, is I wrote this in my Detroit studio. Um, and I. I just remember kind of being captivated by a couple of the elements I had, but it was missing something. And I played the the, the pad part um, by mm-hmm. hand, which I rarely do because I actually can't play the keys, but I somehow managed to fumble my way through playing something. Um, so the whole, almost the whole take of the song is a live take that I recorded while listening to the, the rhythmic elements from the rest of the track um, made me really emotional. Uh, to be honest, like I was sitting there playing it and listening to it at the same time. And I like kind of made myself feel emotional over my own music, which doesn't happen that often. And I just, I, I knew that I had something that I was, you know, really excited to share. I, I felt that too, man. I thought it's like a, it's interesting that you said that that element was live because it's like, um, I can see maybe it was like a stream of consciousness thing. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. you tapped into something there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, do do more of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I want to. I have uh, I have like a secret wish to you know do a soundtrack or a song for a soundtrack, um, something, mm. and or just more like ambient or slash beatless. Ambient being a general term for just like not dance stuff.
Hallo, ich bin Helena Hauf und ihr hört Base Agenda Radio. Cool stuff from Francois Dillinger so far. Gonna check out his influences in a moment, all of which melt down nicely to make his sound.
I threw Frontline Assembly in there, Remorse from Tactical Neural Implant, because I, I mean, it, Industrial was really my gateway to, to all of this, and right. that sure. that album in particular, mm. um, which I, I don't think I really discovered until probably like a couple years after it came out. I, I saw them live when I was 14, so that would have been oh, just cool. a couple years after that album. But um, dark, moody, minimal, the way that, that you know, their vocals, I, mm. I think, I, I've even tried to maybe mimic those vocals in some tracks o- over the years, the sort of like raspy, whispered sort of effect. But I ended up in a, a hotel room with some friends, and it was Rich's, Richie's hotel room, and he was DJing there, and he he played the oh. track. <laughs> I remember hearing it, um, right. asking him what it was, and it, it didn't come out for probably maybe another year or so after I had heard it. But mm. I remember being just so like, this doesn't sound like something I would maybe hear Richie play mm. in the club. It was sort of like slower and dubbed out and even more minimal than some of his other more driving stuff um 
And that baseline just I just I don't know, I got hooked on that that baseline. Understandable. <laughs> yeah, so I love, yeah, love yeah. that one. And it's you know, the record only has one track on it. There's no B side, it's just the one one track. Maybe there was something about the Steve Bug sound in there. I was I definitely went through a Steve Bug phase. Um, right. So that mm. that could have been something, but it was again just like I love all these tracks with sort of minimal things and one hooky element that kind of like drew me in and that that one is that one in spades I think. Yeah. And it does evolve, but it's kind of subtle, you know. And again, I get that with your tracks as well, you know, the, 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 there is that repetitive element, but there's there's a, there is some kind of undercurrent of of evolving. I've tried to make my music different and make it more punch you in the face and more like club focused and like high energy and I every time I try it I hate it so um but I love when other people do it I'm not I like I appreciate a lot of other music that's very like high tempo energetic and complex sounding it's just I don't make that kind of stuff which I Mm. it's taken me a long time to grow into that like being comfortable Mm. with that that I you know I sound like me and that's okay (laughs) sounds kind of silly but no, not at all, man. I think that's, you know, especially these days, you know, it's easy to sound like other people, you know, so it's it's a lot harder to have your own identity, I think, you know. how you got on with movement man i obviously that was a big big deal yeah i mean uh i have not missed one of those so as a as a detroiter or really you know as anybody who is in the know it's it's a big festival it's um you know been a long time mm. dream of mine to play so get to get right. a chance to do that was 
Yeah, it was huge. I mean, there's really no way to understate yeah. it. I, I, I worked my ass off to make sure that things, I didn't mess anything up, and thankfully I did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the technology behaved itself, yeah. Just thankfully, it, leading yeah. the few days leading up to, I had some some doubts, but it, it pulled through for me on the day. So, pretty mm. happy. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. That must have been a real buzz, man. I was pleased for you to hear that. That's really cool. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was good. I um, I've been kind of, you know, I've been going all those years, but only until probably you know the last five or so festivals, not years, because you know we skipped a couple years there. Um, sure. I. Uh, I'd been kind of hopeful that maybe they, they'd give me the call, you know, call me up from the minor leagues, so to speak, and uh, ask me to play. And, it, you know, kept not happening. I, I knew all the right people and all the connections, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't making enough of a splash, I guess. And, you know, finally this, this year, mm-hmm. you know, he reached out to me and said that it was, it was time. So it was kind of the perfect festival having those couple years off to come back and play because the, the vibe mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty top-notch yeah. everyone was was ready to have a good time and try to yeah. experience the whole festival so it was good yeah i bet people were really hungry for it so it's it even even nicer yeah to say the least and how long did you play for man what was it like an hour set somehow i crammed it into 90 minutes i actually had to re-record the set because uh, well i recorded it at the festival but unfortunately the sound guys, the front of house and back of house had their crosstalk channel on the same output. So they're talking to each other over my recording the whole time. Oh, shit. So, so I re-recorded it in the studio because I wanted to have it, you know, recorded version of it. And it, it was two hours when I did that. So I don't, somehow I managed to go through it in 90 when I did it live, the same exact set list, but yeah, yeah, yeah. funny yeah. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, cool. Well, how about recording their cross channel? <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm working uh, the compressor real hard here. He's turned his volume up. Hey, can, <laughs> can you give me three dBs on mid range? That's proper live, man. That you know, that that, that proves it. That proves it. You know, <laughs> it was pretty funny to listen to after the fact, though. But we'll see if there's another recording out there. But either way, I've got it saved. So.
guess the other, the Doppler effect track, um, mm. Mm. is another big influence for me. I think um, yet another sort of like minimal element track with hypnotic, uh, loopy elements, and it was one of those tracks that I heard for the first time with that sort of vocal part that sounded like a synth part which mm. I thought was super cool and there's so many other tracks on that record in particular where the vocals are amazing mm. and Doppler effects vocals are iconic but that track yeah well it does have some actual vocal parts that that like repetitive synth piece that's just the like chopped up vocal piece or a vowel filter yeah a lot of stuff I've made recently uh, especially that um, that LP I did with observe and siphon on um, international chrome the thousand order um that track yeah. is heavily influenced by speak and spell um right amongst some other tracks just like that sort of like machine voice mm. talking mm. synth thing what i don't know what to call it but it's just it's like a living machine in the music sometime recently the most expensive record I'd, I'd ever purchased it was one, an early record that i bought that i bought off ebay i didn't know discogs existed at the time anthony rother track don't stop the beat <laughs> found a copy of it and spent i it was like 65 dollars on a copy of that um i'd heard it in a dave clark mix um and it was it was in a mix he, he played that and he played a radiohead track uh, idiotech and i remember that that was my early phase of becoming a dave clark fan and certainly catapulted me into like super fan uh status of dave i just remember sitting in my friend's bedroom here in this mix going mm. i didn't know you could do that yeah. i didn't know you could mix techno and electro and radiohead in a mix and then all of a sudden this anthony rather track came on and i didn't know who or what it was and i i was like i, I was on i'm on a mission to find this track what what is it um and uh something about it has stuck with me over the years i revisit it often i, I did a re-edit of it that i put out on on track listings a couple years ago it's to this day just i mean you know he's everything he makes is timeless but that track in particular for me just made me go nuts i was like i gotta make you know this is this is music to me yeah it was that type of electro to me and it's i think anthony is still making stuff like this right now that has that like it's electro but it has that techno attitude to it where it's driving but also just has this 
dark energy to it that I think just like really draws me in those those synth sounds and just the, the minimal yeah. banging drums um, just yeah I just like things that kind of ride the line of a genre like a pure genre like it's not pure electro it's not pure techno mm. it's this other thing and I, I, I always try to think about my music in that way and I think that's Mm. The, the stuff that I really like is, and I find most interesting kind of is mm. blurred genre. I need to check with you actually, and this is the Zeta Reticular track. That's the 4 4 track from that EP. Is that, that's the one yep. you meant? Okay. I love it, but you're the first person <laughs> to choose that rather than the other side. And I thought I better check just in case. But uh, yeah, now it's a wicked. I, that track's underrated actually. That's probably overshadowed by the flip side, I guess. Well, and that's part of the reason I picked it. Uh, right. And I think that mm. that just like i was saying with the don't stop the beat it, to me that track while it has a 4-4 beat it's like techno with an electro soul it's like almost the flip of the other song and yeah i could you know because i've been listening to so much dave clark i'm like well i can mix this track with electro or i can keep mixing it with techno it's like a super versatile powerful piece of music that that to me just was like what is this this isn't like the rest of the tracks on the record are electro it's you know it's on electrics it's like what is this doing here it's amazing <laughs> that's yet another thing that like planted whatever seed in my brain to make this sort of weird minimal element stuff that i make came came from a listening to a lot of those records and i have like probably 80 percent of the electrics records catalog and i think a lot of the stuff on that label uh, from from billy is just uh it's very much in that vein. I think I took a lot of influence from a lot of those records. Mystics Letter K and all the oh, man. Mm. Brian Never stuff. It's amazing.
then, um, so yeah, you chose Andrea Parker, Freaky Bitches. It's, it still so works. I'm glad you chose that. That's... <laughs> oh, totally. If that came out today as a brand new track, nobody would question, you know, 100%. the era it belongs in. It's just, yeah, man. Yeah. What was it about that one for you? Well, that one was like my, my the perfect combination of like my ghetto tech love mm. in Detroit and of course having, you know, the, the vocals on there and that record has the remixes, Godfather. Yeah. Um, again, it was another one of those tracks for me from a DJ perspective that worked in techno sets, house sets, electro sets. It's like anytime mm. you played it, no matter what else you played around it, people were like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, and the, I mean, obviously, and then just the dark sounds around that. Like you, you listen to Ghetto Tech, you listen to any of the other stuff, even coming around, coming out around that era, um, it all sounds more like playful and house oriented and sort of jacky. And that yeah, track is yeah. just dark and just evil sounding. Plus it has these ghetto vocals on it. So it was this juxtaposition of everything that like, yeah. no one could really figure out, you know, another one of those, put your hands up in the air. Like, I don't know what this is, but it's incredible. Yeah. It works so well, doesn't it? It's um, yeah. 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 It's perfect. man. That's a great choice, man. And it's Fantastic. slower which i you know again like to my style that there wasn't a lot of stuff coming out with those sort of rhythms that was like sub 130 bpm so when i heard it i was like oh this is exactly what i like What's up? This is DJ Assault, the undisputed king of booty, and you're rocking with Bass Agenda. Yeah.
bitches. 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 I can tell you're a hardware guy uh, from from the picture that I'm looking at right now. How did that build up? That that kind of collection. Where did you Where did you start? Slowly, slowly. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, with yeah. every every <laughs> extra penny I've got. Um, mm, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it started small, which I think if I were to give advice to anybody, that's what I would say. Um, don't look at studios like mine or anyone else's that people seem to post pictures of on the internet all the time. I'm guilty of that. Don't think that that's like, I didn't, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and it's also not necessary, but, um, yeah, I think for me, it started with MIDI controllers. I was like, oh, how can I do more in Ableton and be more hands-on and do things that kind of feel like I'm performing them more like an instrument Mm. um and so it was like an apc 40 and then it was a ableton push and i was like okay let me add like one synthesizer just to see what that's like and yeah super slowly over the years i just kind of bought and resold and traded and tried other things to see what i liked and didn't like so i mean i've had a lot of different things over the years and i probably if you take a picture of my studio a year from now it'll look totally different because i tend to just clean house and get all new stuff and see what happens Mm. pretty much everything in here is new in the last two years with the exception of the the analog rhythm which i use uh live and in the studio right here um i've i've had the mk1 and the mk2 two different times so i've sold it and then gotten it again okay um I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, but yeah. So I think, you're not mega su- uh, sentimental about it. <laughs> I'm not, but maybe maybe that'll that'll change. I think there's some things that I have now that I'll keep. The hydrosynth I'll probably keep forever. I love okay. that one is nice. Um, mm. I have an Avalon baseline, and I don't make a lot of stuff with uh, with acid, but um, that thing is really fun and um, worth a mint. So if I ever need to get something nicer, I can trade that in. I'm trying to get more into, I've bought and sold my, my Euro rack, which is kind of like half empty right now. I'm rebuilding that and I'm kind of, kind of undecided about Euro rack, but I like it for just kind of coming up with weird things that I can't come up with just, just on a standard sense. you may know Francois Dillinger he's not only a fantastic live act DJ and producer he also runs a really cool podcast 
called Mind Frames, broadcasting on Detroit's Deep Space Radio. We had a little bit of a chat about that as well, well worth checking out. So it's um, I kind of spun uh, th- through through specimen um, to spun my my album Mind Frame Cycles, which is intended to be like a, a concept series. So I'm actually intending to have two or three other Mind Frame albums that will release sometime okay. whenever I decide to make them. Mm. Um, and it seemed I kind of really got connected to the the, the concept of it and it seemed like a good sort of you know brand name i guess for a podcast so i was like oh we'll spin it off into a show and um we've really tried to prioritize doing live sets whenever possible just to Mm -hmm. kind of like really shine a light on the people that are um taking that approach i think it's been a great great outlet to be on deep space radio as well just with the history it has and its connection to detroit it seems like a perfect Mm. fit for for me um and jason who runs it is fantastic to work with and it's great i know you used to be there and aren't anymore but yeah he's a he's a nice guy man i i I got on well with him and i have a great great team i mean we do the visuals with every episode which is a huge i think selling part of our show and i'd love for more people to to watch it and experience it um because so much work goes into it between you know just as you know putting together the episodes once you have audio of anything does take a lot of effort even just on the sort of organizer side but the artists who put together these sets and then the visual artists who do these unique vj sets for every episode it's um it's awesome to see everyone come together around around the music Big time. So if you're listening Sundays at uh, 12 Detroit time, 5 p.m. London time, uh, every Sunday, we do new episodes every last Sunday of the month. Uh, got some great guests coming up uh, here for the rest of the year. Um, a bunch of new live sets. So definitely, definitely stay tuned. Lord Jalapeno followed me on SoundCloud yesterday. I don't. That's probably not a coincidence. Is he a friend of yours or something? Yeah, he is. Um, that's a great track, man. Really cool. Very prolific producer. Um, I, I'm, my hand count the number of people that I think put out as much music as he does, especially at, at the quality. Mm. Um, that in particular track I sent you happens to be on a free LP that he just put out on his SoundCloud go grab all of the songs they're all good um but you, you start to listen to his music and he has a very distinguished quality to his productions that are in some ways similar to what i make um but often maybe a bit more uh faster and more frenetic um hmm. yeah i think so the sound design on all his music is what really stands out to me um, uh, i don't hmm. really think there's there's too many people spending the amount of effort that that he is to make make all the individual sounds mm. on his tracks. Yeah. Um, 
and they're just gnarly, just attitude. Like you say, you can you can tell the guy's crafted it. It's not a, you know, it's not something you can't do something like that in a hurry. It's it's yeah, it's impressive, man. So where is he from? Is he a Detroit guy? No, no, uh, but but he's French, um, if I'm not mistaken. And um, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Mm. We just can you yeah, know, I don't it's know like, how I've, I've missed him. Mm. It, yeah, you won't miss him anymore, at least, and hopefully, no, no one else will. Um, no, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, this is why I love doing this show, man, because these are the these are the things that you get these little gems that pop up. Always trying to support support him when I can, and he does a lot mm. for for me in the same way. But um, but that's not why I picked this track. This track is literally a standout for me i i put a track of his in almost every mix i do as well so anybody who's heard my mixes is they've been pummeled with his music over the over the years
at facebook.com slash base agenda. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we've spoken online a few times, but I actually it could be Tans or Tons. I actually don't know. Maybe you can correct me out there when you hear this. Um, mm. But um, yeah, you know, obviously the the running theme here is I like dirty, distorted, nasty sounding music. Um, this one is has that in spades. Um, yeah, man, it's got it all. And the cool thing for me is a lot of these songs, even though this one is faster, I when I DJ, I. I bring all this stuff down you know in tempo um and some tracks really work when you do that you can you can speed them down they sound great sometimes that doesn't always work and this is one of those that sounds good no matter what speed you play it at yeah i don't know it, it works with pretty much anything you want to mix it with it has just all sorts of just it's super banging everything about it just sounds sounds really big and it's um on a US based label, Dead Channel, that, that particular track. Mm. They do they do cassette yeah. releases. Um, just really nice, really nice people. So Okay. Mm, cool. Yeah, I I like I mean the, the the structure of the track I guess is a bit more conventional, kind of more DJ friendly than some of the stuff we've talked about, but but there is some nice abstract kind of elements going on in across as as the journey goes on. Yeah, I like I like that. That's really cool. I, I like those songs that have um they're loopy, but then they have like these little—I call them Easter eggs. They're like little mm. little synth sounds or drum sounds where they just kind of like happen, maybe you know, a few times during the track where you're not expecting them, and they're little little treats. agenda.
that'll come out on um, uh, EC Underground uh, sometime whenever vinyl allows it to happen, but uh, as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. So Florida-based crew over there, I don't know if you know them, but uh, Mike, Mike Griffin and company. Mm, Shout yeah, out to yeah, those yeah. guys. Uh, so got that wrapped up. Uh, got a handful of um, sort of VA releases, various artist stuff, and um, I'm on the collab train again, trying to finish a bunch of um, collab stuff, which I've, I've had the, the pleasure of working with a, a handful of really talented people and having fun doing that. So I'm just going to keep keep doing more of that and see what happens. I, I've got stuff with Lord Jalapenos cooking, um, some unfinished stuff with the Droid and Cyber Rain. Um, Lloyd Stellar and I are always working on stuff together. We've got a track coming out on Avoidance. A hand, handful of others. I'm sorry if I'm not mentioning you. I still love you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. I got some a new sort of audiovisual installation project, live performance thing I'm putting together with a, a friend of mine who we, including my, my wife, who does, she's an artist here uh, in Detroit. We do a live performance visual art installation thing, but uh, he and I are spinning off onto more of uh, another concept. So we're excited to see where that goes. Yeah. Trying to stay busy, try to finish some more new music this year. And, you know, I'd like to, um, mm. like to make it over to your side of the, of the world and play some music too. So I'm trying to maybe make that happen. Amazing stuff from Francois Dillinger. Love and thanks out to him for taking part in the show. Going to spend about 25 minutes or so in the promo box. Starting with this track here. Fantastic new stuff from the endlessly talented Carl Finlow. Track called Guttural.
This Detroit's filthiest, and you're listening to the number one underground bass agenda.
up for you. We're approaching the uh, end of the show. After Carl Finlow with Guttural, we had uh, Vima Diodes featuring Sentex, a track called Aaron Yeager, I think. Then we had uh, Zeta Reticula, something new from him, coming out soon on uh, Mechatronica. Tracks called Out of Range. Then we slipped into uh, this track here, funky stuff from Nesbeth, track called Shit Show DJs. I think you can guess where the inspiration for that came from. And then uh, we're going to slip into something a little bit more spacey now. Another great Detroit artist, uh, Shorescape Renegade, track called Reconstruct Your Mind. and you're listening to Base Agenda.
Final track for the show here, it's uh, Danny Rodriguez, a track called Parallel Circuit, really nice stuff. Love and thanks out again to Francois Dillinger, make sure you keep an eye on him. Remember to check out Mindframes on DeepSpaceRadio.com. I'll be back next month with Ben Pest, really looking forward to that one. The show will be up on the uh, Base Agenda website, uh, BaseAgenda.co.uk, and on SoundCloud.com slash BaseAgenda and iTunes, etc. Uh, early next week and we'll include an extra hour of uh, material supplied by Francois Dillinger. A fantastic guest mix, one to look forward to. Uh, Until then, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Take care. Engaging guest mix mode. Guest mix mode engaged.
Thank you.